Hello, I'm Eric Sorensen, and this is the West Block, Politics, Perspectives, and Players. In a rare call between Canada's foreign affairs minister and his Iranian counterpart, Minister Champagne pressed for Canadian involvement in the investigation and repatriation of the remains of the 63 Canadians who perished in the plane crash in Iran this week. The minister also condemned Iranian airstrikes in Iraq, where Canadian forces were based. Some Canadian forces have been transferred to Kuwait, and with that, a lot of questions about Canada's role in the Middle East. Joining me now is Costanza Musu, a professor of international affairs at the University of Ottawa. Uh, professor Musu, thanks for talking to us. There continue to be stunning developments out of Iran, including reports now that the Ukrainian airliner may have been shot down by a missile. Um, this, of course, happened soon after the Iranians launched missiles, so there is speculation that these events are connected in some way, that somebody may have interpreted what that aircraft might have been. Um, so in, in that context, let's try to zero in then on Canada's relationships with Iran at the moment. The conversation that happened between the two foreign ministers, uh, Iran's and Canada's, uh, in such unusual circumstances, following the U.S.-Iranian attacks and then the plane crash. And I'm just going to read to you, Minister Champagne, in his readout, um, said that Canada wants quickly to be granted access to, the, to Iran for consular services, wants to take part in the investigation, and the Canadians have questions to be answered. It sounds rather terse. What, what do you make of it? Well, Canada is in a bit of a difficult situation because, uh, as we know from 2012, we don't have uh, diplomatic relations and so we don't have diplomatic personnel uh, on the ground. Uh, this is for a number of reasons. The, the, the decision originally was linked to preoccupations on the part of the then Conservative government on uh, our ability to guarantee the security of uh, diplomatic personnel. Uh, there were other, other wider reasons, but we now find ourselves in 2020 without that kind of support that would be crucial, uh, both for the people on the ground uh, and more widely to really allow Canadian authorities to you know, take part in the investigation and find out what happened, especially considering not only the number of Canadians, but also Canadian-bound uh, passenger on passengers on the plane. So it's uh, it's uh, unsurprising in a way that uh, that Minister Champagne would be would make such a terse uh, uh, declaration because we need that kind of access. Would you say that relations have changed at all in the last week, given all of these events? Is it being forced upon us to change that relationship? Well. Uh... I think uh, certainly the Liberal government has wanted to re-establish those uh, diplomatic relations, which does not necessarily mean that uh, the Canadian government approves of uh, the, uh, uh, the decision-making uh, or in general of uh, the, the Iranian government, but rather that uh, it values uh, the possibility of having official channels to communicate. Uh, after the, the ratcheting up of the uh, tension between the United States and uh, Iran, uh, the Canadian government has called to come to a de-escalation of the situation and to reinforcing more dialogue. Now, of course, uh, the, the, the tragedy with the airliner makes it even more urgent for Canada to have access, to be able to have information. Uh, and it's crucial right now also the information that's coming from American satellite, 
uh, that is suggesting this possibility that the airliner might have been down by mistake uh, by an Iranian missile. So Canada is kind of taken in between the need for dialogue, the need for access, and the fact that it does not have diplomatic relations, uh, that however it wants dialogue with Iran at this stage. Canada operates through the Italians, through the auspices of Italy at the moment, uh, to deal with Iran. Uh, how do you see Canada, yes. you know, making this, bridging this gap that exists to, uh, especially under these circumstances? Well, uh, in, in, at this point, because of the absence of these diplomatic relations, but uh, the need to have Canadian personnel on the ground, uh, part of it will be really related to the willingness and the openness of the Iranians to allow Canadians to, to come and investigate. Uh, obviously, it's not just the Canadians. So there were also passengers, for example, uh, from, uh, from Sweden, other nationalities. Uh, so uh, this will be something that we'll see in the next days. Uh, the, I think the fact that the Americans are releasing this information uh, and suggesting actually quite clearly that it might have been a missile that by mistake was directed at the airliner, um, it's a form of pressure that will you know, in a way forced the, or that the hope will force the, uh, uh, the Iranians to grant or to share information that they are gathering. We shouldn't forget that, of course, Boeing, uh, the, the plane was a Boeing plane, which means that also uh, the manufacturer wants access to the, the information. Uh, there is a further complication, of course, that, that Boeing is worried about its reputation and wants to clarify whether it was a technical fault or, in fact, it was completely independent from the manufacturer. So they also want that access. And, of course, I'm not even, you know, the most important, all the families who want and expect answers on what happened. Well, and, and I just wonder, like, I don't want to be naive about this, but, you know, I think a lot of Canadians are discovering just what a big part of Canada the Iranian community is. There were many professors and very accomplished people that were on that plane. There must, I don't know if it's eye-opening for the Iranians to know that of that plane that went down, how many Canadians were on it. Does it, does it have any, any impact at all on Canada's attitude in going forward or on Iran's attitude towards Canada going forward? I mean, this shared grief, I mean, we have that at least in common. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as a university professor myself, uh, there were, at uh, least information that we have right now is that there were uh, at least three University of Ottawa students, uh, students from Ottawa, uh, Ottawa universities, so from Carleton, from Waterloo, uh, Guelph University, and, and so that, that, you know, academics and, and uh, doctors. It's really uh, something that has affected the Canadian communities across the country. Um, and of course, uh, we, we have a large Iranian community and, and the relationship, the intellectual relationships uh, are very important and they, they do thrive. Canada has this large community. Students, of course, still have family in Iran. They have to travel to see their families. Then they come back here. So from a human point of view, the relation is alive, uh, is still there. Uh, the problem is that uh, it is not also supported by the presence of uh, official relations. So right. that makes everything more complicated. We can just imagine the difficulty now for anyone 
to, you know, in, in, who might want to go and, and find out what happened to their relatives, what happened to their friends, yes. uh, is not an open channel of communication. So I agree with you that that certainly, you know, it's a wake up call on the difference between those diplomatic and formal and security based relations also and, and the human dimension of it. We, we don't have a lot of time left. I want to ask you about Canada and its relations with Iraq because this is very much folded into what's happening. Canadian troops, there were 500 in Iraq. Some have already moved to Kuwait. There are demands within Iraq for foreign troops to be out. Do you see the relationship beginning to shake up there at all? Well, that's a, that's a, a big complication for, for Canada, but not only for Canada, for the United States too. Uh, while uh, the mission is very important, it has multiple function of, of training Iraqi forces, but also a base for continuing the fight towards the remnants of, of uh, the so-called Islamic State. Uh, on the Canadian part, the priority, of course, now is to guarantee the safety of the troops and the personnel. So, but at the same time, the mission had uh, has uh, its value. Uh, so, one paradoxical and and, and not not positive at all uh, result of all that has happened and the, the escalation in the tension between the U.S. and uh, Iran might actually be an increased influence of Iran in Iraq and a shrinking of American space in Iraq and also that also means Canadian space in Iraq and uh, and less ability to to contribute to security in the area but obviously as has already been mentioned by the government by the defense minister the prime minister uh, the priority right now is to guarantee the security of the personnel uh, which is on the ground. Well, as you say, I mean, these are unintended consequences, sometimes unexpected developments, as we see even this plane crash may be related to the events that happened in the previous days. Um, Professor, uh, thank you very much for talking to us today. You're very welcome. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you to Costanza Musu for joining us. For the West Block, I'm Eric Sorensen. <laughs>